0: On today's show, Dylan Brooks absolutely cooks Team USA leading Canada to the bronze medal in FIBA World Cup action. Also, the Houston Rockets re-signing a familiar face. Boban Marjanovic will be back this season. And lastly, we'll be discussing some of the possibilities of Houston Rockets and different season awards that they might be able to be in play for. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Kayla Green. Shangoon here in the short row. Oh my, that's the no look. Jabari for three on the win. Look at Tari Here he comes, Toro. T minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. Free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on the way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making LOR part of your day every single day. A lot to get to in today's show. We're gonna recap some Dylan Brooks scorching hot FIBA World Cup action leading Canada to the bronze medal. Uh, in World Cup action, an electrifying performance from the newest member of your Houston Rockets. And then a familiar face will be back this season, Boban Marjanovic, re-signed by the Rockets. But was it a mistake to allocate a roster spot to Boban? We'll unpack some of that, and then we'll get into some Rockets betting odds for season awards and some awards that they could be in play for. Maybe some under you know some some dark horse picks uh for certain season awards coming uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show but we got to start with Dylan Brooks because he was sensational in the bronze medal game played between the United States and Canada Canada ultimately coming out on top 127-118 Dylan Brooks leading the way for team Canada with This is not a typo. This is not a clerical error. 39 points for Dylan Brooks on 12-18 shooting. He went seven of eight from long range. Seven of eight from three-point land. It was eight of 10 at the free throw line, had four boards, five dimes, a steal, a couple blocks, only one turnover. He was insanely good. (laughs) Sorry, I'm still a little sick, guys. My bad. Um. Look, this has been a really eye-opening kind of FIBA tournament and and just show out for you know showcase for Dylan Brooks, and I, I'm honestly really happy for the guy. I, just to to recap a little bit of the game, though, I mean, just Dylan Brooks was unstoppable offensively. He was getting buckets on anybody that was trying to guard him. He was getting he was pulling up with guys right in his face from three-point lane. It wasn't like Team USA was just leaving him. I mean, he had he had a couple wide open threes, but he was coming all, like out of pick and roll and just taking like one dribble pull ups. He was coming off screens, drilling three pointers. He was he had one play early in the game, drove in on Austin Reeves and like absorbed the contact and then elevated from mid range. He just couldn't be stopped, driving to the basket, hitting layups, getting to the free throw line. A really all around game for Dylan Brooks offensively and then even defensively. I mean, he clamped Anthony Edwards. He made life really hard for Ant on the other end, holding him to, Ant did what? He had 24 points, I believe it was, 24 points, uh, a team high for Team USA, but 9 of 20 shooting, right? If you can hold a star level player with that much talent like Anthony Edwards to below 50% shooting from the floor, you absolutely live with that. You have done your job as a defender, if you could just make life difficult for a player like that. And that's exactly what Dylan Brooks did, giving him like not an inch of space, really getting after him defensively. Uh, And that's the type of player Dylan Brooks is, right? He's going to take the toughest defensive assignment. And the fact that he's still able to also then give you like, this is, we should not be expecting 39, 39 point level production from Dylan Brooks on the Houston Rockets. But it's nice to know that he's capable of this type of production every so often, right? He can just get hot and absolutely start raining from three-point land. What we don't need to happen, though, is for him to get a little too trigger-happy, right, and, and, and go, be going to town on shots like this and shoot the Rockets out of some games, but I, I gotta say, I'm really happy for Dylan Brooks, that he got a chance to, you know, he got his contract with the Rockets, he's, in a new, he's gonna be in a new home here in Houston, and he really got to kind of go out there and showcase his ability playing for Canada. And he even, you know, t- taking maybe a bit of a shot at uh, at the Grizzlies in one of his uh, post-game quotes, talking about, uh, you know, the, the cheers and the boos that he was getting from fans. Uh, fans were originally booing him because uh, in Manila because they love LeBron James so much. And obviously there's existing beef between Dylan Brooks and LeBron James. And then as he was on fire in that game, he was starting to get some MVP chance and everything. Honestly, really impressive for Dylan Brooks. And he's talking about this quote. He goes, it's enjoyable. Obviously the hate doesn't stop. It keeps going. Uh, and then he said, it's hard to battle against the world and a team. And that little, that little part, that and a team, might have been a little a little bit of a sideways shot at the Memphis Grizzlies, who, frankly, it, you know, the Grizzlies kind of scapegoated him this past offseason, right? The fact that they went so far out of their way to make it a big point to be a whole, you know, oh, we're not bringing Dylan Brooks back. We don't want him back, all this. Maybe they just felt like they had to make a change for the sake of making a change. The Grizzlies are going to be a worse team without Dylan Brooks. And I, I never really understood the immense amount of backlash that happened when Dylan Brooks signed with the Rockets. Yes, the numbers on the contract were maybe a little bit concerning from the jump, but there was never a doubt that Dylan Brooks was going to be an impactful defensive piece, that he was going to be a great addition to this young Rockets team. He was going to give them some edge. He was going to give them another veteran voice in that locker room. He's going to do all those things, and it's really nice to see some Rockets fans kind of uh, opening their eyes to the possibility of, hey, maybe this Dylan Brooks thing isn't actually a horrible idea. Maybe Rafael Stone actually did know what he was doing when they went out and got him. Maybe Emeo Doka did know what he wanted when they wanted to bring in a defensive ace like Dylan Brooks. And, and kind of building on that, talking about uh, this experience and just his, his overall persona, uh, Dylan was asked about uh, being the villain, I guess, so to speak, post-game. It's just uh, just a persona. You know, people love it. Uh, you know, I've grown to, you know, love it myself. Um, it's just like, you know, like Kobe Bryant, you know, RIP to Kobe Bryant, how he had to figure out how to, you know, create a black mamba. Um, you know, a different persona when he comes on the court. So, you know, I guess that's my persona, you know, the villain, um, just on the court. But, you know, I'm a loving, caring guy who... You know, loves my kids, you know, love my family, you know, love my teammates. Um, Just love the world as well. Dylan, the villain, absolutely love it. It, Just the entire, the personality, the, the drive, the intensity, all of it. Honestly, this FIBA World Cup run for Dylan on Team Canada should have Rockets fans just like salivating at the idea what about what he can bring to this Rockets team. I'm incredibly excited. You should be incredibly excited about what Dylan Brooks will provide to the Houston Rockets this upcoming season. So with that, though, coming up, a familiar face will be back on the Houston Rockets this next year. Boban Marjanovic re-signing a deal with the Rockets. But was it a mistake? Is it a waste of a roster spot? We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Look, groceries are so ridiculously expensive. Why wouldn't you want a little bit of cash back for all the money that you're shelling out every single time you go to the grocery store? Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so that you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you are purchasing. Just link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that simple other apps give you points that don't really amount to much right with ibotta you can get real cash back you can cash out to your bank account paypal or even gift cards you can even earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with ibotta including lowe's macy's sephora best buy and so many more so right now ibotta is offering our listeners five dollars five bucks just for trying ibotta by using code locked when you register Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Player App Store and use code LOCKED. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, Houston Rockets, Sunday afternoon, bombshell news drop, bringing back Boban Marjanovic. The vibes are back. Bobby is back in h-town and honestly i think there's a couple different ways to look at this first off yes bobon is amazing he he walks in the room he lights it up right the vibes are immaculate bobon is awesome and he's a great guy to have around for the culture for the vibes for all that um the other side of the coin though is bobon isn't exactly like you know He's a very niche type of NBA player, right? And while he does provide the Rockets with some, you know, quote unquote size, uh, he's not exactly the most serviceable big man in the NBA, right? Because he's very limited and he has to be deployed in very specific circumstances and there's not a lot schematically that you can really accomplish with Boban on the floor because you have to play a very specific style to utilize him on both ends of the floor, right? Defensively and offensively. So I'm a little torn on this signing, right? I love Boby. Uh, you know, I love what he can bring to the team from a culture standpoint and having him around is great. The young guys love him. They got really close to him this past season. And he's great to have around for the camaraderie aspect, team chemistry, all of that. Um... And I want to get into, I want to get into maybe some, I don't want to make this a a completely negative thing because I do, I like the signing to an extent and I have a reason for some cautious optimism about why the signing could be good for the Rockets. But at the same time, I think the general consensus uh, kind of in reacting to the signing from Rockets fans has been that it's a bit of a waste of a roster spot, honestly. So the Rockets are now up to 14 standard NBA contracts, which means they have one more roster spot left that they can commit. Now, they've got 13 guaranteed deals, uh, and then the 14th contract, Aaron Holiday, is not fully guaranteed. So that's basically your 14, 14 of your 15 guys are locked in, ready to go for this season. And so barring any trades or anything, 14 of those 15 guys are there, and then they've got that final roster spot to figure out as far as, you know, whether they want to sign somebody else or maybe convert one of their training camp deals to a standard NBA contract, maybe even if it's a a non-guaranteed deal, something like that but the Rockets hit their threshold of a minimum 14 guys on their roster by bring, bringing Bobby back. But we even explored the idea the other day, right, of like maybe bringing back, you know, one of Ty Washington or Usman Garuba, right? And I, I advocated for bringing back Usman Garuba. And I think that it's kind of a tough position to be in because if you're the Rockets, they've got so much young talent already that they're gonna be trying to grow and cultivate and give run to during the season. And I think one of the, you know recurring complaints about this signing with Bobbyby is oh man the rockets should have used that spot to bring in somebody else right they should have tried to find a gym somewhere or somebody that somebody else overlooked or you know bring in another young guy and try and stack up that position you know I don't I don't think that's a realistic use of that roster spot because they already have way too much young talent, right? We just saw them ax a bunch of young talent because they just didn't have the minutes to allocate to those guys. So why bring in yet another young guy who is not going to get any run? Even Cam Whitmore might not get any minutes and he was just the Rockets 20th draft pick in this most recent class. So, but uh, I I think I would have liked to see them use that roster spot to maybe bring in a different type of big man, right? I I advocated for JaVale McGee possibly in that spot. Maybe some other names out there that they could have taken a look at. With Bobby though, some of the reactions, you know, I posted it on the YouTube channel. Shout out to all our amazing listeners, all of our everydayers, all the YouTube commenters. We got to come up with a with a, a fun name like the Everydayers, but for the YouTube commenters. Because I really do appreciate it when y'all chime in on YouTube. I I, I, I try my best to reply to some of them, and, and but I do read them every single day. I get notifications to my phone, all that. But some of the comments from the uh, YouTube post. Before I had the Rockets at a D for the offseason for moves, but now it's for sure an A+. After signing Boby. Um, I get he can be a guy that's a good presence in the locker room, but we should have found another big that we can actually use in a lineup. That's another one for sure. Uh let's see. Bobby is love, Boby is life. Pretty much means that uh with all the force glory but bestowed upon the mighty Alpi, that Imei still desires the presence of a traditional big or we were able to sign him for Chick-fil-A gift cards and free rockets gear. Um, best off season move. He is pure class. Boban's commentator commercial is hilarious. It absolutely is. Uh, love it from a vibe standpoint, but uh, like we still need another real center. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing is it's not, it's a disservice to say that Boban isn't a real center. That's not fair to him. He is, but again, he's just, he has to be deployed in such a sp- like specific way doesn't give you a lot of flexibility, unfortunately. So here's my here's my cautious optimism for Bobby. First of which, Ime has coached Bobby before. They were in San Antonio together during Bobon's rookie season. So there's that. Um, they have experience working with one another. Ime as the assistant coach for the Spurs, Bobby as a player. I'm hopeful that what we could see as a as an interesting lineup on occasion is Boban occupying the floor right and being that that presence in the middle of the floor right that zone presence that rim deterrent in the middle of the floor with four defensive switchy guys around him right to where you effectively play kind of a switch everything type zone um, as your shell defense. And we never really got a chance to see that last year, right? Because there were some lineups where there'd be Boban out there. But then the Rockets had so many poor defenders across the roster that if you put Boban out there, he's not a, like, Boban can be a rim deterrent, but he's not, like, a great defensive big man because he's very immobile. But if you put him out there and you put him out there with four, like, dogs on defense, that could be a really interesting lineup to where you can just try to effectively funnel guys and chase guys off the perimeter funnel them into Boban with good defenders hounding them right Tari, Jabari, Dylan, Fred, Amen, all those guys just hounding guys forcing them into Boban that could be an interesting defensive lineup so I'm curious to see how Ime Odoka plans to maybe deploy Boban on occasion don't expect him to get a ton of minutes. He'll be used very situationally, uh, if, if at all, right? That's just all I'm thinking. Maybe it is just a vibes thing. Maybe he's not gonna get a single minute all regular season because all the minutes are going to Shingoon, Jock Landale, Jeff Green, Jabari, it's a small ball five, all of that. But maybe Ime Odoka does have some plans to actually utilize him. And there is the benefit of having Boban around and having him in practice And having to deal with that, having opposing bigs, Al P, Jock, all those guys dealing with Boban in practice, having the guards have to make shots over those outstretched arms, right? Having the bigs have to try and out-rebound Boban in practice. That kind of helps too, because it's not every day you have to go up against a seven foot seven guy, and that provides a unique element, a unique, uh, you know, thing for those guys to compete against in practice to make them better players. So And it is worth noting, Boban is one of the hardest working individuals in the entire NBA. He does not take his career for granted. He puts in the work. Even though he might not get consistent playing time, consistent run, whatever, he's always like the first guy there at Rockets practice, last guy to leave. He's always getting extra shot ups, always extra shots up always trying to get that extra run in and that type of work ethic rubs off on younger players, right? So that's another element to consider, not just the happy-go-lucky Bobon vibes, but he's actually a very, very hardworking individual and that's one of the reasons that he's such a great locker room presence at the end of the day. So I like the Bobon signing. The Rockets still have one more roster spot, so maybe they do want to bring in like one more, uh, you know, pseudo-impact veteran type player that can maybe play some spot minutes here and there situationally. Who knows what they're going to do with that final spot Of course, we'll have you covered for that here if the Rockets decide to make any more roster moves ahead of the season. But coming up, want to get into a few of the season awards that there may be some Rockets in play for. We're going to get there in just one moment. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, I should have mentioned it in the last segment. I didn't. Terrible host. I'm awful. Let me know your thoughts on the Boby signing, right? There's a, there's already been a lot of people have already chimed in on the post made on the YouTube channel, but let me know in the comments on this video, how do you feel about the Rockets bringing Boban back? Let me know in the YouTube comments. Very curious to know everybody's reactions to it. Cause again, I, I think it's been a bit of a mixed bag so far, right? And I think it can be a good thing. Um, it's not like there's like a, you know, a big time free agent that the Rockets are missing out on by signing Boban and not going after, you know, guys XYZ whatever um so just let me know in the YouTube comments I'm curious how people are feeling about this but I wanted to take a look at some of the season awards that the Rockets could be in play for and I'm I, just perusing the list they are they are long shots for a couple different awards and then there's a couple that the Rockets could be sneakily in play for so the long shot award right out the gate is rookie of the year um And it stings because like, you know, having the number four overall pick in Amin Thompson, you'd be like, yeah, like Amin should be really in the running for rookie of the year. That'd be awesome if he could be. um, But unfortunately, it feels like Amin is just not going to get enough time, enough uh, burn at the, you know, at the end of the day, because the other guys who are in the running for rookie of the year, when you look at, um, I mean, when you look at Victor Wimanyama, Chet Holmgren, uh, even his brother, Asar Thompson, uh, Scoot Henderson, all these guys, they're going to be getting so much playing time compared to a man. It's just not even fair. Like, Victor Wembanyama is by far the FanDuel Sportsbook favorite at minus 115 to win Rookie of the Year. It's probably going to be Victor. Um, I, I think the finalists are going to be Victor, Chet Holmgren, and then one of, probably Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller, Maybe Amin Thompson has a chance to like sneak in there if the Rockets, you know have a successful season, make it to the play in, you know that kind of thing, you know, significant jump in win totals. And if he's playing a consistent 20 something minutes a night and if he's impacting winning, then maybe you see him in that conversation a la a herb Jones type impact for his rookie year, but him actually winning rookie of the year kind of a long shot at this point, unfortunately, uh, but then the other words, there's a few that the Rockets actually could be sneakily in the running for, and, and not even sneakily, but the biggest one is actually most improved player, so most improved player of the year award, uh, right now the favorite is Mikael Bridges at plus 750 to win the award, but right there in fifth place via via FanDuel is Alperin Shingun at plus 1600 to win the award right behind Tyrese Maxey at plus 1,500, Austin Reeves at plus 1,400, and Cade Cunningham at plus 1,200. LP, I really do feel like could be in a great position with Emo Doka, with the additions made to the roster, all of it. He's a walking twenty twelve and five guy, just waiting to happen if the Rockets really embrace his play style and what he can bring to the table. And if he puts up twenty twelve and five, he is absolutely gonna be the runaway favorite most improved player of the year, especially if the Rockets have a good narrative behind them, you know, pushing for the play in tournament, Ime Odoka, new head coach, new, you know, philosophy, new, new culture in Houston, all of that. They're back to their winning ways. All of that. Alp has a really big chance to make a push for the most improved player of the year. That's the one that the Rockets have. I think the best chance to win this next season, feeling really strongly about that one. But then this next one, Kevin Porter Jr. as sixth man of the year, currently at plus 4,000 on FanDuel Sportsbook. I like the KPJ of the sixth man one because I really do feel like if he embraces the sixth man role, I think he could be an incredibly good sixth man. And I think he could, again, Rockets-wise, they are poised to have so many amazing narratives this season with how they've really turned this whole thing around in, in what seems like one off season. And if they hit the ground running and have a strong start to the year, which they can, we've broken down the schedule. There's a real big, there's a real good chance. The Rockets could start, you know, above 500 to start the year in the first like 10 or 15 games if they have a strong enough season and if KPJ really embraces that sixth man of the year role, there's a very legitimate chance that he could be in the running by the midway point of the season and by you know, be in talks for, hey, look at how he's embraced that role. He's trans- transitioned from starting point guard to spark plug sixth man off the bench. And I really do think that plus 4,000 I think he's a really great sleeper pick for that sixth man of the year uh, trophy, especially when you look at some of the other guys that are in the running for that award. I wanna go find the specific list of sixth man of the year. Why am I blanking on it? That's regular season MVP. Where is sixth man of the year? Defensive player, most improved clutch player. Sixth man, there we go. Malcolm Brogdon's the favorite at plus 800. You got Emmanuel Quickly, Norman Powell, Malik Monk, Buddy Heald. Caleb Martin, Bobby Portis, Chris Paul, currently at plus 2,000 to win the award. Honestly, I don't think it's a waste of money if you were to like throw like a small bet on KPJ to win six man of the year, because I do think it has a chance to, to ultimately happen. And then the very last one, and I think this is another strong sleeper pick, Ime Udoka for coach of the year at plus 1,900. Currently, OKC Thunder's Mark Dagnall is the favorite to win the award at plus 750, but but sorry, guys, but when you look at the list of coaches, first off, Ime is 13th on the list of 30 coaches in the NBA, so kind of right at that halfway margin as far as favorites go, but with the Rockets being in the position that they're in, expecting to take, you know, make a, a, a win total jump this next year they could very easily be in the same position the Thunder were in last season, right? Where the Thunder made that jump, they got to the play-in tournament, they made it to the playoffs, and honestly, Mark Dagnall probably would have won Coach of the Year this past season had uh, Mike Brown not had such a stellar, phenomenal year with the Sacramento Kings and broken the Kings' playoff drought, right? The NBA Coach of the Year Award is so narrative-driven, right? It might be the most narrative-driven award Aside from MVP, in fact, it might, in fact, coach of the year might even be more narrative driven than MVP is at the end of the day because MVP is still going to be like all all the top five guys for MVP every year, they're still always amazing players, right? It's always the, you know, four or five best players in the NBA. And yeah, they, it gets into the narrative a little bit when you put guys head-to-head and whatnot, but coach of the year is so much more about the story, right? The team that overcame some odds or the coach that, like, brought a group of guys together or whatever or took a bad team and brought them back to the playoffs or took a low-seeded playoff team and made them the best team in a conference, that kind of thing. Or a team that struggled, you know, had success in the past, struggled, and then needs to find their way back. I don't know. It's, I think there's a way for... Ime to actually walk away coach of the year, especially when you also factor in the narrative of the, of the whole. Okay, he got you know fired from Boston because of that situation, and maybe Boston shouldn't have let him go. Hey, he really is still like a top five, top three coach in the NBA, and he brought this ragtag group of Rockets back to the playoffs. Like, I think all the makings are there for Ime to be a fantastic sleeper pick, to maybe at least be a Finals, maybe even actually winning the Coach of the Year award outright. And I will say the deck is a little bit stacked against Mark Dagnall in OKC, right? Because he needs another jump with the Thunder, right? The Thunder need to make a jump from where they were last year, Uh, you know, uh, whether it's a five win jump or or whatever, but they need a jump from play in tournament to like top six seed. Maybe if they can lock that up, then maybe it's going to be really hard for Mark Dagnall to not win the award. And there might be a little bit of like, hey, sorry, we couldn't give it to you last year because... Um, Mike Brown's story with the Kings was just too good to pass up on. So like, here's like a makeup coach of the year award, right? Unless there's another really, really good, feel good story in the NBA, like the ragtag Rockets making it back to the playoffs after a horrible three-year rebuilding stretch. Um, I don't know. I think that award could very well be in play for the Houston Rockets as well. It's gonna be so much fun to see how the season pans out for all these different awards, all these different individual storylines. And of course, We're gonna have you covered for that all year long right here at Locked on Rockets. But give me your thoughts on the Boban signing in the comments. Tell me how you feel about Dylan Brooks lighting up the USA and whether or not you think I'm crazy with some of these season awards and the fact that the Rockets could be in play for some of them. Give me your thoughts on all of it in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you. Oh, what am I doing? I'm I'm wrapping up the show wrong. My bad. If you haven't subscribed yet, Please do me a favor. Go subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast or on YouTube. Just search up the show, Locked on Rockets. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Now this is the time where I do this part. As always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.